Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. Awesome. Today, uh, I want to speak, I think I have everything, sorry. So today I just want to speak about hope. Uh, I've been doing a lot of reflecting and um, a lot of remembering uh, with kind of the time that we have, um, I've been using a lot of my alone time with the Lord, remembering my interactions with him. And in doing so, I found my heart just rekindled in ways that I felt maybe uh, there was a disconnect. It was possibly lost. Um, And as I was recounting the testimonies that I've had in my encounters with him, I found my heart just come alive again. And I I would encourage you while you are where you are and with the time that you may have um, to remember the works of the Lord in your life. Um, anyways, that's, that's what I've been doing. That's what's been encouraging my heart. And I, and I pray that you would do this. This is worship. This is, uh, this is prayer. This is communion with the Lord. Uh, so, so yeah, but today I want to talk about hope and, um, I want to talk about hope because as I was kind of reflecting on my life and stuff like that, and there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of change that are going on. And, um, one thing I've noticed is that although this particular season is unique in the sense that what's going on is happening now and, and it's happening in a certain way, the seasons that we've come out of and the seasons that we will face have similarities in the sense that the circumstances that arise will still have pressures that will press upon us and produce a certain stress on our hearts. And I'm excited, not because of what's going on, but because of the opportunity that's presented before us that we can become a powerful voice to the world, inspiring hope and encouragement where there's usually fear and anxiety. And so what I've been kind of reflecting upon is the power of hope. And we've spoken about hope before, but today I want to hopefully inspire you and empower you to be a part of what's going on today and what God is speaking and what he wants to speak into the world Um, because hope has a a powerful effect and it is more powerful than fear. And we know that fear is powerful. It can steal, it'll hinder, it'll kill, it'll destroy. But hope does something. It creates, it fulfills, it reconciles. And so um, uncertainty and change, there's nothing new about it. And often it comes in the most inconvenient ways it comes in the most unpredictable ways. I think of Ben Stiller movies where uh, it's one bad thing after another and you have these like cliche moments where it's sunny but someone's having a bad day. They're like, how can this day get any worse? And the cloud comes and it starts to rain. And uh, it's just the way things are. And um, it's not like against us. Sometimes it's a spiritual thing, but for the most part, we are pretty uh, used to the fact that things just rises up at all times, especially if you you have a family, um, especially if you have kids. And so what, it was interesting, the psalm that was shared, if we leave our hearts unattended and we do nothing about the pressures that we're experiencing, um, 
fear and anxiety, which are usually the most commonly available emotions during these times, will press upon you and will overcome you if you do nothing. And that's why we see in the Psalms, David continually telling himself and being intentional about bringing his heart in a place where he aligns himself with the higher reality than what we're experiencing now. And so if you leave your hearts unattended, and if you're unintentional about the things that you're experiencing, you'll find yourself really overwhelmed really quickly. So we have been called to be responsible over our hearts. We've been called to to tend the gardens of our emotion and heart. And so when fear and anxiety come, we can push it back intentionally to not have a, a, a place or influence on us. But more importantly, and as the opportunity is rising in this season, we have an opportunity to not only push fear and anxiety from our hearts, but from the hearts of other people. And so what I want to talk about in regards to hope is that we need to become a people of hope for a world that is filled with uncertainty and change. And depending on where you place your anchor in um, will determine whether change and uncertainty and mystery will destroy you or not. And I'm seeing this not only in uh, in unbelievers' hearts, but I'm also seeing it in believers' hearts. And I think uh, we need to realign ourselves to particular truths that will strengthen us in hope. And so um, fear will always steal, and it'll hinder us from walking in the fullness of what God has for us. It'll hinder the destiny from being unfolded in your life. And um, it has a way of just continually pushing you down. But when we come into contact or encounter with hope, we'll find that opportunities and doors open. When I was in my drug addiction, I tell these stories a lot, so forgive me, but they are super meaningful to me. Um, When I was in my drug addiction, the last part of my addiction, I understood the consequences of my decisions. Um, I wasn't ignorant to him. So I knew that if I continued the road that I was going, that I would, I would find more misery. I would find more trouble. I would find more loss. I would find more destruction. I understood this very well. The problem was that I had no um, ability to break free from it. And, uh, and what I've known about my particular situation which was the common story was that if you've gone as far as I have in addiction, there's no coming back. And so, um, I was super just messed up and emotionally, I was just a mess. And God had strategically placed people in my life that were in love with Jesus and were faithful to their relationship with him. And what I saw in these people was not only um, their faith that they professed, but I experienced the sorrows that were in their lives. I knew that there were certain pressures that were pressing against them. I understood that things were not perfect in their lives. I understood the pain that they were experiencing. And, and for some of them, it was the pain that I was causing them. I was very familiar with what was going on in their lives. Yet, there was something that they were... Um, they had this contentment and dissatisfaction that was palpable to me. I can feel those things. And oftentimes when everything is going fine, you, you don't see those things. You always you kind of overlook it. But when you need it the most, it becomes so tangible and so feelable. And, and it becomes the very thing that you know you want. And I remember seeing these things. I knew I wanted it. And I bring this up because right now it's a moment where people are experiencing these things. They've put their anchors into stuff 
um, into uh, certain things. And usually when you grip, when you put your, your attention or your trust into something, it's not just uh, like an indifferent decision. Like you're, you're attaching your emotions, you're attaching your hope, you're attaching your futures, sometimes your identity. And when those things fail because of the stresses of life and the stability, it just can't hold. Usually just a piece of you gets broken. And when I was in this place and I saw this person living the way they were living and I tasted hope uh, and I tasted what they were, uh, their satisfaction, their contentment, hope birthed inside of me. So where there was no options, when I saw what I saw that I was able to taste, hope burst inside of me. The trajectory of my life turned to the Lord and I eventually gave my life to the Lord and eventually I was set free from all these things. And the point is this, is that we can be that satisfied person to demonstrate a palpable evidence of the goodness of God. And so uh, I'm excited because during this time, during this season, there's two things that are happening. People are putting their anchors in certain things and the stability of those things are exposed for what they are. They cannot sustain you. They cannot satisfy you. They cannot bring contentment. They cannot bring peace. Um, and so it's a good thing that the value of those things are being exposed. But the second thing is that the what's true, true security and truth, uh, truth itself, it is more real and tangible and demonstrable. Like you can see it and taste it. And, the, and people need, who don't know Jesus, need to see this. And so we need to stand up and not be a source of fear to the world, but a source of hope. I hope this makes sense to you. Uh, and I'm inviting you. There's plenty of ministries right now speaking so much life um, where maybe if this opportunity never came, you wouldn't hear it as often. But it's becoming a message that is bringing life to me. And I'm just calling you to join in and um, to speak to the world and be a source of, of hope and not of fear. Um, and yeah, so... I'm going to go through Ephesians, if you can turn to Ephesians 1, 13, and 14. Um, I'm going to focus on one small part of this and uh, and then just kind of open up some ideas and whatnot. So Ephesians 1, 13, and 14. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. And I want to speak a little bit on this part and believed in him were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit. What's happening here simply is that uh, Paul is saying that when you hear the gospel, the good news of salvation, and is coupled with belief, something happens to the believer. Um, and what he says is that they are sealed and the the Holy Spirit has a whole bunch of ministries um, to us. He comforts us. He reveals truth. He strengthens us. Um, but here, it's a particular ministry that the Spirit has, and it's to identify the believers as God's own possession. So the sealing is speaking of us belonging to God. And this is what was coming out of me while I was reflecting on what was all the things that were just changing and all, all the inconvenience that happens and all the sad stuff, all the, the ups and downs, all the unpredictable things, I realized that here there are things that we can put our anchor in that does not change. And so the world is longing to put their anchor in something that they can trust 
And the problem is that they define it so many different ways, and it's until these things come that they realize, oh, this is wrong, oh, this is wrong. But the world is longing to put their anchor in, in something that they can trust, something that they can rely uh, they can rely upon, something that will sustain them through all these ups and downs. And it's up to us to be that um, reflection of what the true thing is. And so um, there are things here that show us we can put our hope in stuff that does not change, that will that you can put uh, you can be certain. Uh, and trust that these things will be uh, the same forever. And so in this passage, it says the spirit, uh, we've been sealed with the spirit. I want to touch on one thing. It's the spirit is the instrument that we're sealed by, but it's the father doing the sealing. And um, the father has not changed. So while everything's going on, we can be certain that the Father has not changed. In the context to this, there's a whole backstory onto the fact that uh, that we are sealed by the Father. And what the Father is doing, he's declaring that you belong to him. As he seals you, he's saying, you are mine. And this is an act initiated by the Father, not initiated by you, Um when God makes this decision to seal you, he's not, it's not an indifferent decision. He's making a willful, thoughtful act. Um, just before this, Ephesians 1.4, it says this, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. The Father has chosen us. What this is, is an intentional, thoughtful process. Maybe some people make um, uh, decisions just like whatever, like they make choices like that, but not God, not the Father who has all knowledge, all wisdom, all understanding at all times. When he makes a decision, it's always with purpose, it's always with intention. And the scriptures tell us that he chose you. Psalm 139, I was reading uh, in the the Passion Translation, Psalm 139, 17 and 18 says this, Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. O God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. I love that wording. He was thinking about us when he chose us. And he was thinking about us before the foundation of the world was laid. So simply put, before the ground that you're sitting on or standing on, before that ever existed, God's thoughts were for you. Um, I just love that. Uh, and it says in Jeremiah 1.5, not only before the foundations of the world was laid, but also while you were being formed in, in your mother's womb. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. He's saying, I, I knew you intimately. Oftentimes, parents don't know that they're pregnant until way later, but the father's there at the initial point that you are uh, conceived. And what the scripture is saying, that he has a hand in even forming you. Psalm 139, 13 says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. He was involved in our biological and spiritual development, uh, even before our parents knew. Uh, he was the first to show love and presence and to enforce this declaration made in Ephesians 1, 13, you are mine. And I say this for this reason. Uh, we put sometimes our trust in things of this world. And so when we put our hearts in the possessions that we have, um, and then those things are lost, it 
does something to our hearts. But when we understand that our true possessions that cannot be taken away are with the Father who is never withheld from us, and not only who is thinking about us, but desires us, right, to choose. He doesn't choose something he doesn't want. He chooses something that he wants. And so our riches are with the Father. He has never withheld from us. And I want to wanted to take time to reflect on the fact that the father absolutely loves you. He has not changed. This has not changed. Corona uh, virus and all that's going on has not changed the father's affection for you. And it has not changed his ability to, to not withhold from you as well. He just doesn't change whether the times and seasons do. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And my, one of my favorite passages, Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And then just before the, the passage we read in Ephesians, it says, the God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And the point is this, uh, if your heart is with the Lord and with the Father who desires you, who wants you, who's not withheld from you, he has not withheld his attention, he has not withheld his choice over you, he's not withheld his love, his wisdom, his power, his grace, his son. And so, although your possessions and programs in this world maybe has faltered or maybe has been removed, maybe you are in reality poor, you are actually rich. And if we can align our hearts with this reality, there will be something that happens to your heart and something that will be palpable to the world around you, knowing that although there's loss, there really isn't. Um, one last thing on this. Uh, the Father is the one that sealed you. He's the one that possessed you. And, and all throughout Scripture, there's this clear demonstration of His love for you and His pursuing you. And in this ceiling, when this happens, it the the way there's no way that we should have come into relationship with him unless a plan that he had unfolded and was accomplished. And so he has shown us at the cross, and he's shown us here in this ceiling um, that all all that he's done from this point, he's uh, done everything. He's shown us the length that he will go to have you. And while you are in this season, while you're doing whatever you're doing um, and kind of maybe worrying about what's to come, know that the Father has already demonstrated to you um, how far he will go to have you. And so he'll demonstrate to you how far he'll go to keep you. He has not lost strength or power. He loves you. And so our Father has not changed. The second thing, our location has not changed. Uh, in Ephesians 1.13, it says, it shows us where so the Father seals us, the Spirit is the instrument of the sealing, but the Son is where we're sealed in. And so in Ephesians 1, 13, it tells us where we're sealed. It says, in Him you were sealed. And so um, where we are is in the Son. And this is really good news. And this is something that cannot change. When, uh, when I uh, went to get help uh, after I gave my life to the Lord. I had a really big drug addiction. I didn't understand a lot of what was going on. Uh, I didn't understand the faith. I think logically I understood, all right, I, I, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I was genuine about that, but I didn't know what 
I never really experienced the truth that I was being told. And, uh, and on, to be honest, I didn't know it was real uh, in that sense. And there's a retreat that we usually do. And uh, we kind of talk about it all the time because there's a lot of my friends and a lot of people here um, have experienced a significant breakthrough there. And so what in my first few months of giving my life to the Lord, I'm super depressed. I still have addiction like on my mind and stuff like that. And I go there and um, there's this altar call and there's this moment of worship and I see uh, everyone raising their hands and I just kind of like imitated them because uh, I wasn't sure what was going on. I, I knew that I just wanted to, to know. And so I lifted my hands in imitating people, but genuinely, I just wanted to encounter uh, God. And in that moment, I, uh, I had an encounter with God and I felt exposed before him. And what I, what I felt was that God, who he was seeing my whole life, there was nothing that I could hide from him. He saw all the, the sins I've done. He saw all the, the junk, all my shame, everything. And it actually, it kind of hurt not being able to hide a piece of myself. Um, I was completely exposed before him. And as I, I, as I was there and as he was looking at me, um, I felt love start to come on me. And eventually the love began to just consume me. And in this, this moment, I, I, I realized that he saw everything and still he loved me. And, I, and this was a tangible pressure I felt on me. I, I encountered the Lord for the first time as a believer. And, and I knew in this moment that drugs and alcohol and especially some of the mystery that I just had, I was wrestling with, all of that was resolved in this moment. All of it went away in this moment. And what I, what I, as I was reflecting about this particular time, which is one of my favorite encounters with the Lord, um, I realized this, any thing that I have, uh, any growth or any, um, meaningful, liberating breakthrough that I've ever experienced has never been because of the environment that I set up, um, has never been because of the things that I've done. Um, it has always been because of face-to-face encounter with Jesus. And maybe at some point because of what, uh, the freedom that we had pre uh, this season that we're in, um, you've set up programs and you set up environment for success. And of course, you know, those things work to a degree until they're removed. But our hope as Christians and believers is that um, we have been sealed in the sun. And so encounters become very easy and doesn't matter what people take away on the outside. You're always in a place where you can encounter him. And when we encounter him is when we find significant and liberating growth in our lives. This cannot be taken away. Um, John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. One of my favorite passages, 2 Corinthians three eighteen, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed to the same image from one degree of glory to another. We are in a place in the sun where we are susceptible to encounters daily. 
it's very easy um, if you were to sh- just shut yourself off from all that's going on and from the noise and to focus on the son. He wants to encounter you. Actually, the father has strategically placed you in him so that you would encounter him often and that you'll find that no, nothing taken away from you can stop the growth in your heart for peace and love and maturity and power and strength. Um, we have been sealed in a son. So our, our father has not changed. Our location has not changed. And finally, I'll, I'll close with this because I don't have a time and I'm pretty sure uh, I went over. Um, our future has not changed. Ephesians 1.14 says this. Uh, the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Uh, this, this, this word guarantee uh, speaks of deposit or an initial installment. It's basically like, God has given us a part of a whole. Um, what this means is that what whatever you've experienced in the Lord, however significant or however powerful or however extravagant it may have been, you may have seen the dead raised, uh, you may have seen nations come before the Lord. Um, what we experience and what we encounter now is only the beginning and that there is more to come. Um, and this should bring great hope at, I mean, whatever your job was or whatever it may be, a lot of us, uh, if you're wise, put a lot of investments for your future so that when the future comes, um, you'll be safe and and things will be comfortable. Um, The problem is is those things aren't promised. Um, But in the gospel, we have a future and we have an inheritance that cannot be taken away. Um, It cannot be taken away. And so... First Peter says it's, it's an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading and kept in heaven for you. So what you can hold in your heart is that there is more. And there's, um, and there's a passage that I'm just going to share. I'm going to leave with you with this. And this is kind of just a thought for me. Um, in 1 John 3, 3, Scripture says this, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who does hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So he's talking about the return of our Christ, the return of Jesus. And although now we are children of God, we don't know what we'll become because we haven't seen him. But this says that when he comes and we see him, we will be like him. Right, so this is a future hope. We're uh, he's calling us to put our attention on something that will happen in the future, but there's this present tangible evidence and and something that happens to us now. So as we toss our attention and hope to the future, John says that there is a purification that happens to us now, and so. Hoping in our future inheritance brings a tangible presence of the future reality here. And although here he's talking about when he comes, we will be like him. And then what happens now is a purification. What happens when we hope on the fact that when we see him, there's nothing obstructing our relationship and intimacy with him? What would that produce now? What happens when we throw our attention to the fact that there will be no pain or no suffering or no, um, uh, no sadness? What, would, what will we pull into the now? I don't have the answer for it, but if this scripture is real, there is something that happens when you put your hope in what's coming to you that will happen now. 
And as you line up to these realities, you'll find that your heart will be completely shifted from a place of fear and anxiety to a place of hope. And when you can settle that in your heart where you can push um, fear and anxiety away from your own heart, then we can become uh, an evidence to the world that there is something that they can hope in and something that will bring great uh, joy, love, and peace to their lives. The same way that the people that the Lord had placed in my heart, my life um, had demonstrated satisfaction and contentment um, and then brought salvation ultimately to my own life, the same could happen to you. And I invite you to do that. So I just want to pray for you. So if you can, uh, just put your hand on your heart. Jesus is not far from you. I was reading a passage in uh, Madame Guyon's uh, book just for inspiration. And, uh, and there was a passage that just said, just look inward because that's where he is. Christ is in you. And immediately I put the book down and I, I, I turned inward and I felt his presence. And I just invite you to do the same thing. Jesus, I thank you that you've come to our lives. I thank you, God, for transforming us, for setting us free, from bringing joy and peace to our lives. And I thank you, God, for the confidence we can have that although seasons would come that would bring great uncertainty and maybe even pain, God, you never change. You will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your love that you've shown us when we gave our lives to you has not diminished. It is still strong and full of passion. Jesus, we thank you that you're with us now. And I pray, God, you, that you would revive hope in every heart. And wherever there's fear and anxiety, God, we curse it in Jesus' name. And I pray that your truth would bring liberation to every individual here. I pray freedom now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would calm every mind. He will keep, he will give perfect peace to those whose minds are stayed on him. I just speak hope to be revived now in every heart. Lord, release revival in every heart. Lord, I pray that you would bring up faces to every mind right now where every individual can encourage today, can speak life today. I pray, God, you would show them people. And I thank you, God, that you've given us a great responsibility, Lord, to have an impact in this world. And so I pray, Lord, today that voices, many voices would rise up and be a source of hope to the world around us. And we just thank you, God, for it. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.